0: hey guys how's it going welcome to unconventional geek where we talk about nerdy and unconventional things uh maybe geeky too i mean it's just in the title whatever anyways today we have here is shammy ren uh i don't know if he wants to go by anything else but i will be calling him shammy
1: shammy sign ren's fine uh shammy ren's fine shamwell's fine I've, i've been called many of different things in my time
0: I mean, we don't need to get into that long
1: list. Yeah, yeah, pretty much.
0: (laughs) All right, so I guess why don't we start with who you are, what you do, what type of content you create, what type of content you are most interested in. Now, let's just go into it.
1: Right. uh, Well, like you said, I'm Shamirin. I'm a content creator, variety streamer. I focus a lot around role-playing and Dungeons & Dragons. I throw in Magic the Gathering and Overwatch a little bit. Um, yeah, that's, that's pretty much me. I've been around for about a year like as I've been, but I've been around Switch following Vero into Foxfire. Uh, that's about it.
0: Okay, so, so you've just started streaming about a year ago?
1: Uh, yeah, well... I I streamed like six or seven years ago under a completely different name. And then I created Shammy Ren back when my computer wasn't working. Okay. Um, Just because that's what I was known on Twitter and everything. And then I really... Trying to keep it uniform. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. And then I really got into it uh, in April when I came back. Uh, and that's where I am now, or March. It was April or March of 2018. I finally built an actual gaming and streaming computer, and that's where I have been now.
0: So when you started off on Twitch, what were you streaming
1: the most, I guess? Uh, wow, pretty much just leveling. Leveling, wow, you're one of those people. I was. Wow, I was. I was, yeah. I and
0: mean, there's nothing wrong with it. It's just... It... WoW, I have not, like, even this past, like, when Foxfire was getting into it, I just couldn't, like, fully uh, give my attention to WoW.
1: Right. I think,
0: I think there's just too much in it, like, for me to do.
1: My biggest thing is is I started playing WoW the month after it came out. So it always had that, like, I always had that love for me. Yeah, that
0: nostalgic feel. Yeah, no, I yeah. the first time I started playing WoW was actually when Lynch King came out, The Wrath of Lynch King, right? And, uh, yeah, uh, that's been forever ago. But then, Foxfire decided to jump into it, and I was like, "Let me see when my account was last activated." And I played for like three months from Lynch King, and that was it. Right. And, oh no, I've just never been one to. It's never been one game to like be able to hold my attention. Yeah, I mean, granted, uh, I am ADD, so there's that too.
1: But I am. I, well, I am too. So I understand. <laughs> Uh, But no, yeah, it it was always that nostalgia feeling, and I've just recently started pulling back out of it. So I don't have as many friends that play, and I don't have the time to really devote to it anymore.
0: So. Um, So with that being said, like, what, when did you just start deciding that you're going to put your role-playing, you're not your role-playing, your d and D. I mean, onto stream?
1: I th- we i started playing online about four years ago five years ago something like that mm-hmm. um i some friends of mine streamer friends of mine uh started a d and d live stream called how reroll okay and i started in that uh, i started watching that we started playing online and it was just a it was a Good transition for me when I started streaming again to just put it out there. I had a lot of friends that wanted to watch. Um, I had a, an entire community that wanted to watch on these days that Howry Roll wasn't streaming. Critical Role wasn't streaming because they stream on Thursdays. And it just set, seemed like a natural fit for me, um, considering so you, just...
0: Your stream schedule was based around the times that other channels
1: weren't? well, that's I because I was watching the other channels at the same oh, time, okay. <laughs> <laughs> i uh, I was watching how reroll on on Mondays and Thursdays. I was watching Critical Role on Thursdays. so i I was putting it around building my schedule around the days that I wasn't doing anything, okay <laughs> And it was also because we have mo- I have mods for how reroll in my Wednesday game that I had to put it on Wednesday, because they already had prior commitments on pretty much every other day. And I used to work Tuesday nights.
0: Used to. Does streaming support you now? Uh,
1: no, I I wish. I uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Between my savings um, from working since I was 16, and the fact that I have a part-time job that pays me… Only about three or four grand a year less than my full time job was. Um, I'm able to work part time and focus on streaming and building that community and helping other people at the time being. Mm -hmm. I consider myself very lucky in that regard.
0: So when you when you go to do the D and D nights, are you generally the dungeon master, or do you?
1: The games that I stream on my channel, I am the Dungeon Master. Um, I'm a part of another D&D stream that's on Friday nights for my schedule. It's like 12.30 Eastern on a Saturday morning, 9.30 Pacific Friday evening. But I am a player in that one. But my personal channel, it's my game. It's my world and my Dungeon Mastering, as I call it.
0: Do you want to take us through the process of what it's like to build your stories or <laughs> your campaigns and oh, kind of bring us into this world of D&D? Because I'm sure there are some people in here that, while they know of D&D, they, they don't understand, like, the full thing behind it, I guess.
1: Maybe. That... That goes back to actually my sophomore year of high school. Oh gosh, which no, is when kidding. I <laughs> way back when when we used
0: to use dinosaurs to roam the world. For me, sophomore high, year of high school is actually this
1: year. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, I started playing. I went to a performing arts school, and I was a both a technical theater major, and I was a. Basically, like writing major, I did short stories and things like that. And it, I just had a point in sophomore year where I, one of my teachers had these D and D books, and we started playing. And then when he retired, I was the only one that stuck with it because he retired when I graduated in my senior year. So he bought me a set for uh, of Pathfinder books. And okay. from there, it, uh, I read everything and I didn't really like all the rules or all the settings. So I took a lot of what I had been writing in my short stories and in this fantasy world that I had built in my head and in my writing and just converted it. And I did this over the course of about seven years. I've got about 22 notebooks, like college-ruled, you know, college space, 70-page notebooks. You're and, talking uh, about the,
0: <laughs> those com- the composed notebooks or whatever with the uh, black and white
1: no like you're or just you're, like
0: a med normal med type
1: yeah normal med you know college ruled the spiral notebooks yeah yeah about 22 of them of just notes that i had taken and converting things over and i i've just recently realized how much it actually is as i've started putting things into google docs it's, a lot it's a lot of writing
0: you're like but, saying they're typing, and then you're like, am I done yet? And you've only gotten <laughs> through one page.
1: Yeah, yeah, especially because with any type of writing and storytelling, you add things as you go. So Because mm-hmm. you're like, oh, oh, this
0: would be that. perfect right here.
1: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I, I've, I've, I've started typing pages at times and just been like, oh, I should add this. And then I'll come back and I'm like, oh, I've done a line." it's only like half a page actually transcribed. Yeah. Uh, but I... I, this the story in this world. It became this outlet for me, and that's that's how I see Dungeons and Dragons, and how I see world building, and how I see DMing, and everything. Is this an outlet for my creative side? I can't draw to save my life. I have tried. I, I can't draw, and I'm, I'm I will admit I'm jealous of you and of Caden and people who actually can do graphic I, arts. I can hardly draw. I can just draw. I can just nah.
0: <laughs> I sketch. That's what I do. And, and when it comes to final work, I don't do it so well. I can do snakes.
1: That's about it. <laughs> hey, your MSP
0: are amazing.
1: No, that's good. true. That's true. I, I can do MSP. But it it became that creative outlet for me. And the biggest thing about Dungeons & Dragons is it's a group gase- base game. It's for using Wednesday as an example, it's seven of us for three, three and a half hours sitting around and building this story, building this world. And that's the biggest part that people should realize about Dungeons & Dragons is if you look at Critical Role, if you look at how Reroll, if you look at any D&D live streamer, it's all about world building. It's all about storytelling. And it's all about yeah. fun. It's it's just that it's that outlet that a lot of people don't seem to get.
0: I think a lot of people associate D&D with, like, the stereotypical, like, super nerdy people. Yeah. And, well, I think that most people will have fun when they play Pathfinder, especially when you get the DM that... Or just D&D, not just
1: Pathfinder, like, the whole genre Any tabletop RPG. Any tabletop RPG. As long
0: as you don't get that dungeon master who's, like, super strict about the rules, like, yeah, you can be super... Like... I don't know how to explain this without coming off as rude to certain dungeon masters, but there are people out there who, who just don't have the patience to deal with. Uh, oh, yeah. No, I,
1: I... Yeah. And I'm... I will admit, I am not a fan of those type of DMs at all. Um, I thought you were about to say that you are one of them. I am not. No. <laughs> I'm uh a... I welcome new players. We currently, the, the game, this edition I currently DM is fifth edition. It's very new player friendly. Mm-hmm. It's very uh, role play friendly. And I've had people who, you know, the last time they played was second edition or first edition back in the 1970s. Mm-hmm. I've had people who have never played before. I've had people who. Didn't even know what Dungeons and Dragons was, but they had done um, play-by-post roleplay, or they did roleplay on WoW, and they wanted to try it. So I've had the entire spectrum. I've also been a player for DMs that are like, if you don't know what you're doing, I don't want you. And as someone that wants to include more people in this community of Dungeons and Dragons and roleplaying and just gaming in general... It doesn't sit right with me when, when somebody says, if you don't know what you're doing, you can't do it. Mm-hmm. Because how are you going to learn? So, but... so I want to
0: tell a quick story here. Um, <laughs> speaking <laughs> of new people playing Dungeons & Dragons, um, yeah, you you can't learn without playing for that's a that's I find that funny. But yeah. so about... I don't know this. Over the summer, my stepsister and I went to San Japan, or she invited me, and I showed up. And they had already enrolled in some um, adventure tabletop games around there. And there was this one DM who said that this game should have been easily doable within the time frame that we we were given, and it was called the Map with No Names. Um anyways we made it through like a quarter of the whole entire story because my my sister and I were just so like what if we do this what if we do that and you could tell at the very end that the DM was just kind of very ticked off that we didn't get through the whole entire game and I understand like it's your story or whatever and you want to get <laughs> through it cuz this one I think was his story I think it was like an original or whatever, right? Yeah, homebrew, and um, it's just funny because he, he got you could kind of like see the frustration. Like we barely made a dent. Like it was probably like a group of like maybe two three people who were new, and then like two people who had played some. Me being one of those newbies because I had only played like some homebrewed mashed up version of D and D where all my friends at the time all i had to do was basically rape and pillage everything and steal yep that or i guess that's what pivoli pi- blah blah blah
1: <laughs>
0: words are hard i i
1: understand they really are pillage
0: everything but yeah you get what i'm saying and like so but
1: yeah yeah see dodgers and dragons for me is always supposed to be kind of an open world sandbox and that's how i build my games around there is this overarching story this overarching campaign as it's called for you know the long games but how my players decide to achieve it is completely up to them and i've had times where one of the things i say is i can plan for 99 things like the 99 things i think my players will do and they'll always choose the one hundredth that I did not think of. And you yeah, know it's kind of ridiculous because <laughs> you you underestimate the people's <laughs>
0: imagination sometimes
1: and, and and that's that's what I love. And I try not to railroad players. And there are times where I have had to railroad players. And you know, because it's like we have to get to this point before I can open the world up again. We have to do this.
0: Yeah, I mean, there. it's kind of like any open world. Like, if you start doing a story portion to it, you're kind of, like, on a set path, right?
1: Right, like, you know, Skyrim, Fallout, any of the Fallout yeah. games. If you follow the main story, you know, you can always explore, but, but sometimes soon... exploring yeah. is going to get you killed.
0: <laughs> I mean, what's wrong with that?
1: Oh, uh, well... In one of the video games, nothing in Dungeons and Dragons. It's a little bit harder to to come back. You you end up having to re-roll a new character.
0: Yeah, I just chose mm. one of those pre-built
1: characters. <laughs> but I've seen, I've seen, and I've I've experienced DMs who get upset for players playing the game, and it's just it's why like let them play. I understand you want to get to your story you can replay your story just because you tried playing it once. Doesn't mean you have to throw it away and never touch it again. Like yeah, that, that, well, let, yeah. Let that, them enjoy it.
0: That's like, like why, why can't people play it over and over again? Because you're going to have multiple outcomes to it,
1: I guess. Right. I've, I've run the same one shot game three or four times now. It's one of my favorites. Do you do it with different people or the same? I've done it with different people. I've done it twice with the same people, just with different characters. So, and it, it works. It's, it's enjoyable. It's not like, it's like, well, I've already done this. I have to throw it aside. Like, you know, just replay it. Play it with new people. See a new outcome. I don't want to. <laughs> do I it. want it to be unique, and I want it to only
0: be there for one time.
1: <laughs> Nobody else gets to experience it there's there's actually things like that that are very hard for <laughs> for new people to experience it because spoilers where are we spoiling? there are there are games that Wizards of the Coast have actually made for Dungeons and Dragons um, they're pre-generated, uh, adventures, some pre-generated, um, campaigns. And it's, it's very hard to not have the entire story of these pre-generated spoiled, because that's what it, most people seem to run, especially on Twitch. If you're trying to watch D&D on Twitch, it's what a lot of the smaller channels run, because it's easy. Like, super easy? It's all there. Like, the DM doesn't have to really do much extra work because all of his information is there. Yeah,
0: I'm sure there's, like, special effects and things like that probably already pre-built for them as well. Like, from the community or whatnot because it's so popular then at that point.
1: It it depends on what you use. Um, I don't know about Fantasy Grounds. I've never actually used it. But on Roll20, roll20.net, which is the website that I use to run my games, you can buy like a set for like 30, 40 bucks. You can buy a game and it'll have all of your maps, all of your handouts. It'll have dynamic lighting, which lets your players actually have their line of sight and everything so they can't see through walls. Oh, okay. um, all of that pre built in. And it's really good for getting people into the game. It's... Like, continuing
0: upon the game, kind of meh?
1: It makes it very hard for... When you're trying to come in without knowing anything, it can make it a lot harder. Again, just because I know nowadays a lot of people who want to play it's because they've seen the game on Twitch. And that's both a blessing and a curse, in my opinion.
0: I mean, that's with any genre, right? Like, anything that's, that has, like, overarching things that can be overdone and whatnot, and they're super exploratory, the more that more people come in, the more that they're going to try to appeal to those masses.
1: Exactly. Right? So, Yeah. And- no, it's... It happens. Nobody's, uh, uh, you don't really ever get upset about it. It just can, it can, it can ruin the mystery at times. I just like shrugged and it cracked my back and it felt amazing by the way. How tense are you that you
0: shrug and your back cracks? I Um, I think you need to see a chiropractor. I
1: do. And I have an appointment.
0: Oh, I watched this video where this chiropractor was basically doing a session on someone and it like freaked me out because like i'm just sitting there going he's going to like snap her neck what is he doing (laughs) like it just freaks me out like watching that happen like that's what probably like freaks me out have you seen any like any video with a chiropractor actually doing their job yeah
1: yeah i've actually been to a uh, chiropractor before like i've i've been there (laughs) Uh, and when you go there, it feels really weird, too, because they're moving your body in ways it shouldn't move. (laughs) You're (laughs) like, I don't twist like that. No, don't, don't pull that. (laughs) Why are you pressing? Oh, that's why you're pressing down. That feels amazing. But it's like when you wake up in the morning and you, like, you stretch out and you just feel some of your joints, like, pop. And it feels so good. It's amazing. It's like a good stretch after sitting yeah, down all day. I don't,
0: they don't need to like they like strap a cable around you and then like pull you. <laughs> Not all the time.: Well, like, I watched they, they it was like wrapped around the ankles, and he like pulled her. And like she wasn't holding on, but she, you know, with enough force, and they just heard, and you're just like how like i understand but it's just like isn't that the equivalent of like cracking your knuckles in a sense yeah yeah my mom always told me cracking my knuckles was bad though
1: (laughs) did she tell you that it would cause uh arthritis probably i I don't remember the excuse she actually she actually just
0: hates the sound Yeah, that's kind of the main reason she doesn't like
1: it. My dad used to tell me that all the time until I finally got fed up and I actually asked multiple doctors, both in the family and not in the family, and all of them say that that's bullshit. It doesn't cause arthritis. In fact, it actually can help, like, offset arthritis. Which is interesting. It is. It's because it's helping your joints stay aligned. But I'm not uh,
0: a doctor, so What are you that uh, TV production company? Not a doctor.
1: <laughs> I'm not a doctor.
0: I forget I forget what TV show it is, but at the very end there they have like one of those kind of like how Cartoon Network or whatever has those little inline type things. And it's like not a doctor. And it's like it used to come on after house, I think.
1: Every time I, I every time I say it, I think of Star Trek, the like, damn it, Jim, I'm an engineer, not a doctor. Or I'm a doctor, not an engineer. Whatever it actually was, but that's what goes through my mind.
0: See, and this is why people don't play D and D. They don't <laughs> want to be associated with Star Trek. No, I'm just kidding.
1: Star Trek was an amazing show. Is so many,
0: show. so many, so many Trekkies are over there with their pitchforks and torches, <laughs> about to come find me. Yeah, yeah I'm.
1: Uh, I'm not gonna, you know, hack and find your address to give to them or anything. Uh, let them try to find me. It'll be interesting. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, here in Texas, it's about all I know.
0: That's all you need to know. That's all anybody ever needs to know. Actually, on the <laughs> podcast that I just recorded before this, I uh, we talk about where the city that I live in, so anybody paying attention could probably.
1: <laughs>
0: so, yeah. well, they could find, you know,
1: the city, but <laughs> the city is so big that... Yep, I completely understand.
0: If you're going through that much time stalking me, just find me on Discord and chat with me. It'd be a lot easier. Yeah, it's like... Money, time, and extra stuff. At that point, just ask. (laughs) Or just, you know, like, if you see me at a convention, say hi. Or if you see me at a meetup, say hi.
1: I've actually had that where I've gone... Like, I went to uh, PAX East a couple years ago with a bunch of friends. A bunch of D&D friends, actually. Oh, really? Yeah, there's like 12 of us. And I, I had said that I was going on Twitter, and at the time, my my profile picture was my face. And I had like two or three people. Once Pax East was over, I was like, "Yeah, I saw you at Pax East, you know," but I didn't come up and say hi. I'm like, "Why? Come say hi!" Like
0: it's like it's like if I say I'm going to be there, come say hi, introduce yourself. Let me. I, I want to get to know people that know me. I got as weird as that is to say because it's like I want to get to know pe- random strangers, but you know.
1: Well, consider like it, it's you. Obviously, follow me on something. Yeah, you know me from somewhere. Like, come say hi. I don't unless, bite unless, um, unless you're you just one
0: of those random creepers who just you know follow <laughs> someone else, and then you just happen to remember all faces that you ever see. God, that that that
1: would be creepy. Like,
0: I remember you... faces from people, but I like only if they've like made an impact or like I talked to them for. X amount of time.
1: I remember faces before I remember names. And then I remember, like, online handles before I'll actually remember someone's actual name. Like, a lot of my really good friends I've met through the internet somehow. And I know their actual names, but I can't get it out of my head to not call them their handle. You still, yeah, you still. So there's a (laughs) group that Caden and I are in
0: called uh, Knights Radiant. And uh, they like we all met up a few years ago, right? And this was a Destiny Two clan. Some of them knew each other beforehand, but that's kind of like where a lot of Is this
1: us... your PS4 Destiny Two yeah our PS4 clan?
0: group. And the first time we're meeting everybody, or at least for me, I'm like I get oh, all right. I'll save that portion of the story for another time because <laughs> that person's supposed to be coming on the podcast soon too. Uh (laughs) for them um but it's just like you you want to call them their ps4 name but then at the same time it's like if you see them enough like the ones that live near where i live i go visit quite often so you know i actually call them by their real name so then when it's like you call them by their screen name like in the chat people look at
1: you kind of weird or (laughs) you know not even. My, my thing is, is I tend to call people by the first name they introduce themselves to me as. So, like Eor, you know Eor from Foxfire. He Caden and himself introduced him to me as Tim. Mm-hmm. That's what I call him now. That's what he was that like introduced to me as. I can't think of calling him anything else.
0: I mean, that's such a weird name considering <laughs> his other. Screen name is douchebaggery. So
1: exactly, like I do not to call him that. For me, you know,
0: I'm just so used to being like, "Hey, douche," you know.
1: <laughs> yeah. That there. might be from the I actually him in knew some circles.
0: I knew Eeyore before I even knew him on there, on there, or from there. But what's funny is I didn't realize that that was him until one of our other friends pointed it out. So
1: yeah, but. The people, like I met, so I met Vero, and I met a bunch of my other friends, so Riot and Court. I met Court under a completely different name, mm-hmm. which is why when Court was like, "Oh, I know you from here," I'm like, "How?" I met all these people on the healing forums for World of Warcraft. Oh, because healers need a form. Gosh,
0: trust me, you can't go five minutes without a healer telling you they're a healer. Geez. <laughs>
1: But Ver, we had this, like, long thread where we, people were just messing around. And at one point, Vero put a link for an IRC. Mm-hmm. And a bunch of us... Uh, hold on, hold, on. On, hold on.
0: For our younger viewer or listeners, what's an IRC?
1: Internet Relay
0: Chat. <laughs> for those who don't know, these are, like, the original, like, <laughs> the original
1: chat rooms. Yeah,
0: like... <laughs> They would be hosted on web servers, and you would just go to a website, and they're like, we have an IRC. But then once you enter in their IRC, you can enter into other IRCs. So it's like having a Discord client on multiple different websites, which was very confusing.
1: It was. And a lot of times you needed to have, like, like people were password protected, so you could only get into ones that you had the password of. Yeah. Yeah, it was... uh... And it wasn't actually that long ago when they were still in effect. This was only like eight years ago.
0: That's long ago in internet times. <laughs> and internet Realize times. this.
1: It is internet times. Considering I've been working
0: was... a full-time job now for seven years.
1: I turn 28 next Monday. I know <laughs> so you're it, It's It's been a while. In internet times, we're becoming old. very um, old. <laughs> I'm not 30 yet. So don't oh i'm telling (laughs) don't worry i tell him that all the time myself um (laughs) but we met on the forums we met in this irc we traded real id and battle tags in wow and then it's like vera was like i'm gonna start streaming and i was one of her first viewers and first followers Back when she was streaming, it was like World of Warcraft raiding before she started doing Call of Duty from her Xbox and Elgato. She did before, Call yeah, yeah, like five, four or five years ago. Hmm. Uh, this was back when uh, she's actually the reason I have the whole mindset of if you're gonna troll at and troll my Twitch chat, at least make it amusing. Interesting. Yeah, amuse me.
0: I feel like that's everybody's like thing, though. Like. Now like now that trolls are becoming a big thing on Twitch because you know they gained more
1: because nothing. Logan and Jake Paul have joined.
0: Well, actually, you know, I can't accredit them too much because they don't really go on Twitch often, do they? Like <laughs> I, I heard that lot a lot of them I heard a lot of them, the YouTubers that came over just kind of like stopped. Because it wasn't the, it's right not the big thing anymore. Well, it's also not the platform for them. Like, think about it. They're used to being able yeah. to be creative at portions of the day and then just kind of like mush it all together. Whereas like with streaming, you have to
1: be a present. (laughs) Uh, uh, Exactly. They're used to having like a week or so to make one video. Yeah. Whereas with your streaming, you have to be constantly active and amusing And, and entertaining. And a lot of
0: times like the bigger YouTubers and stuff, they don't have time for that. Like, no, no, they don't have time to be streaming every day and then doing all this. Like, it's different when you're a Twitch streamer going to YouTube because your content is probably your Twitch stream or like
1: highlights from your Twitch stream. Right. You know? It's a lot easier. Um, but I the reason I credit them is it it I, not them exactly, uh, but, but around the time when the YouTubers and Fortnite was becoming big, because it it brought a different. In my mind, in my opinion, at least, it brought this these people with a different mindset of let's mess with people.
0: Yeah, that in IRC. Yeah, or not IRC. I know. Chatting, yeah. real life, that type.
1: Thing. IRL. I know what you meant. IRL.
0: That's the <laughs> acronym I was looking for.
1: Yes, IRC. Yeah. In real the- cars in real cars i mean there's celebrities
0: in celebrities cars
1: yeah there you go wait no that's icc <laughs> never mind in reality stars cars no that's irsc all right let's just get
0: back to the point. anyway anyway so you have this mindset around those time
1: that those people started Yeah, they, they started coming in and it started bringing off this mindset of i'm gonna troll like i'm gonna troll people because it's funny and there there are two, in my mind, there are two different types of trolls. There are the people that are going specifically to upset people. That's not cool. If you're going specifically to, like, hurt somebody's feelings or to try and make somebody cry or to make somebody uncomfortable or things like that, that's not cool. But I've also had trolls, and I've done it myself to my friends, and I've had friends do it to me, where they go the troll and they do it specifically just to get you to laugh and, like, mess with you. And... If you're trolling in that way, I think it's perfectly fine. If you're trolling to where you can admit that you're
0: trolling and you don't you like eventually have a stopping point like like you know when you're being too much, right? Like so you know that stopping point. Even the trolls that quote unquote say they don't know when to stop, it's like no you know. Like unless you're socially awkward, even internet socially awkward which is very hard to find these days
1: oh yes like like i don't even know if that's a thing
0: is there such thing as internet
1: socially awkward i don't think so much nowadays like i'm very socially awkward in person but i'm perfectly fine on the internet i don't believe that in one bit no i'm just kidding (laughs) (laughs) that that's the thing but I don't really think there's very much, like, internet being socially awkward online really anymore. Like,
0: unless you literally just don't know how to have a conversation.
1: Right, yeah. Unless you just don't know how to talk to people, which I, I guess can happen. That, that, that happens a lot more than
0: people realize, though. <laughs> I know, I deal with you.
1: <laughs> hey, hey, typing?
0: Words are hard. I have a hard time even speaking. In words are...
1: Yeah, no, I I get it. After a long day when I have to stream, I just start, like, stumbling over what I'm trying to say. It's like talking becomes an effort.
0: And that's... It's funny because, you know, like, people are like, oh, talk a lot to when you stream. And it's like, I don't want to. I just kind of want to stream just to stream. If somebody wants to stop by, they can stop by. That's me just personally.
1: So... so I agree. There are times where I just want to stream just because I want to stream, mostly because I want to have the VOD and I don't feel like recording.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That's an easy way to get that recording. Uh, yeah. And, and I do understand when people say, well, you know, if you were talking and you were more engaging, then people would come by more. But it's, it's very hard to be very engaging when you don't have somebody there to be engaging with.
0: Yeah, it's... Like it almost you know that saying where people are like don't talk to yourself or at least don't answer yourself. It's like if you're just sitting there talking, you're going to eventually answer yourself like whether you're trying to or not.
1: Because I know well, I and it. I mean there are there are certain games that it makes it easier. Magic the Gathering is a very easy game for me to commentate because I do that to myself anyway, even when I'm not streaming it. But if I'm playing, if I'm streaming like one of my Minecraft builds or if I'm streaming um, leveling in one of the MMOs that I play, it's very hard to commentate that and not sound like a crazy person.
0: I'm going to go over here and chop this bush down.
1: <laughs> not sound like more wait, a wait, crazy no, no, no. no.
0: I need to dig first. <laughs> then I need to get this <laughs> ore. God damn it. Why can't I find any diamond?
1: Exactly. Like. It, that's exactly what it ends up becoming like. So you—you you sound
0: kind of nuts. You sound like you go crazy, like almost like you're looking for an item in a grocery store, and you know it's there, but you can't find it, and you've stared at the shelf five times or more. I'm not saying this happened recently.
1: I—I <laughs> uh, I went. To, I was actually at Walmart after work today because I just wanted to pick up a uh, 12-pack of cranberry ginger ale because that's currently my soda of choice. And healthy I, soda. as healthy as any soda can be, I stared at the the boxes for like five six minutes before I went and asked somebody where it was, and he brought it back and pointed it out. And I'm like, I just didn't see it. <laughs> so it happens. There's also like. I find it, it's a little bit easier for people who stream full time to engage and commentate because that's their job. It's talking to people. That's what they do. Mm-hmm. But when I'm when I work, you know, if I work a five, six hours a day and then I have to do come home and I still treat streaming as a job because I do make some money off of it. it, it it's just it's I'm already Shh, a, the IRS doesn't know that. I mean, they do, because I've already claimed it.
0: <laughs> good luck waiting five months.
1: Oh, I'm not going to get anything back from it. It was a joke just because, yeah, you know, the, the government, government shut talk. down.
0: God damn.
1: One of my <laughs> jokes just... It's all right. If I want a joke, I'll just look at your face. How you... I'm sorry. audio. <laughs> but... I'm already exhausted from my day and then they have to come home and to keep talking for three, four hours with yeah. nobody there. I just don't want to do it. I, I, I equate
0: streaming as equivalent to like a cashier job or anything that you do in the public, I guess, where you're interacting with someone, a guest, not or a customer or a guest or whatever you want to call them. You're inter- it's the same type of interaction level. Yeah. In order for them to have a pleasant experience, you have to interact with them happily. Unless that's your branding and you're going for this despise everything fuck all off branding. Which does work for some, it just doesn't work for others. And but even then you still have this level of caring and you you add certain tones to your voice and so that way they know that you're joking and then so you it's almost like you're being a linguistic a linguist without realizing you're a linguist you know like
1: and that's what it's like when there are people there and talking with me or if i'm doing a dual stream with somebody else i don't mind it it's when i'm doing it and i'm doing it i'm the only one there and nobody's talking in chat and i have nobody else it's like me
0: playing call of duty by myself the most you'll hear if nobody's in chat just kind of cussing at the screen if I'm playing Hollow Knight, you'll hear me try to figure out why the hell I'm dying so
1: much. I, uh,
0: sorry. No, no, no. I mean, it just (laughs) depends on the type of game that you play and in the type of like speed of the game, I guess.
1: Yeah. One of the things that I do, because I do stream some of my like D and D prep to bring it back to that for a minute. Uh, and I talk about that a lot, mainly because I'm practicing the person's— like, if it's an NPC, I'm practicing the person's voice and their character and their personality. Um, if it's a monster, I'm making, like, the monster sounds that they might make when they're attack, like, making their attacks and everything.
0: So you grunt a lot? Is that what I'm understanding? You grunt on stream?
1: Sometimes, yes. I have. Uh... I've gotten into the habit where I'll make just weird noises and just sing, like, clips of songs when I'm by myself, just so that there's something happening from me, and you're not just staring at a screen with me being silent.
0: I mean, what's wrong with just staring at a screen? I do that, sometimes it doesn't even have anything on it.
1: Carbs, we really should talk. Are you feeling okay? (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. (laughs)
0: <laughs> General, I mean, but that's what I do all day. I stare at a screen, look at something, and go, "Why aren't you working?" Type something for five seconds, and click F five, and then just break it more. Yep, that's exactly what I do all day.
1: I have a coding
0: background, so I do understand. It's just funny because like people go, "So what is it that you do?" And I go, "I create software." They're like, "But like, what do you do?" I'm like, "You really want to know what I do?" <laughs> You want to know how I sit at a desk all day, stare at a computer screen, hardly get up from my desk, and just look at it. For eight hours, trying to figure out why one line of code isn't... It's literally not always one line of code, because there are those productive days where you write a whole program out. But the majority of what takes a program so long is trying to fix your (laughs) error.
1: Trying to figure out where the fuck you fucked up.
0: And even if you Follow TDD, which is test driven development, you still end up with errors either in your test or in your code. And if you end up with your test, then you have to go to the code and figure out what the fuck you're doing wrong anyway. So it's like, it's a huge cluster. And I think people are, they they don't quite understand when I say, Why do you want to know what I do on a day of the day? Here, I just create this software. That's all I do.
1: (laughs) I think it's a lot. That that happens with my job, too. I'll say that I, you know, oh, I transcribe things and I manage a company's computer server, so I'm IT. Well, what do you do? I fix things people break? like, like what, what do you I'm want? An, you? I'm an IT engineer? Like, what part of my job do you want to talk about? Because there's like eight different sections.
0: I mean, I understand not everybody knows what it is, but it's at the same time it's like there's not much more I can tell you without it just sounding like I'm complaining. So,
1: which I am ninety percent of the time.
0: Yeah, no, ninety no, percent of the time I'm cussing at the computer, even though the <laughs> computer's only as smart as the user. So,
1: but so when some people ask me what I like, what my job in IT uh, like what it pertains i'm like i literally just google things faster than other people yeah sometimes it's not even faster sometimes it's just more accurate (laughs) more on the spot or more efficient my google foo has gotten top notch
0: yeah like when i see programmers and there's going to be some programmers out there that are going to yell at me for this (laughs) but when i see a senior level developer when i see a senior level developer (laughs) not like the ones that like, you know, giant tech firms, but oh, please don't kill me, but, but like the ones that like non-tech firms or like the ones doing it just for other companies, you know, things like that. I just look at people who can Google things. You don't know how many times when I'm in an interview and someone asks or I ask what they do and I hear the response or I say the response, I just Google things, and but that's not to say that my level as a developer doesn't grow when I Google things. It just means that I learn something new most of the time, or there's it's no, something.
1: There's not, Sorry, no, you're. There's nothing wrong with googling things. It's
0: no, if that's all you do
1: though. If that's all you do, that yeah, then there's something there. <clears throat> oh, excuse me, but some of the times. I I like I have a a computer networking and coding background. Like that's what I went to college for. That's what I keep up my degrees for. And yeah. there are things that I still have to Google because I may have forgotten a step and don't remember what step I forgot. Or you it's realize somehow. it's step two out <laughs> of five hundred. <laughs> and then you just sit there like fuck. But that's oh. what you do. It's like, I'll fix this later.
0: Oh, but look, it's... my computer crash. I'm going home now, guys. Bye. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's but, 10 o'clock in the morning. Yeah, bye.
1: <laughs> yeah, but I don't want to be here until 12 a.m. fixing this. I'll do it tomorrow. <laughs> but it, it's, it's like you said. It's when you're constantly doing it for this. Not constantly doing it for different things, but constantly doing it for the same exact thing. I mean, to be honest, you just... so, some developers,
0: including myself, I have a hard time remembering syntax. Like, I remember it. It's just I've become so accustomed to IDEs that... uh, By the way, that's Integrated Development Environment or Intelligent. It's Intelligent Development Environment, by the way. Um, I've just become accustomed to IDEs that... I I believe it's Intelligent, not Integrated. I've just become accustomed to them that it it helps me so much remember, like, the next step or, like, what the what needs to go in that field, you know? It's almost like filling out a template sometimes, and it's kind of annoying. Because I wanted to do this, but it only does X, (laughs) Y, Z.
1: But I also think that having the background can also help you at times as well. Oh, yeah, for certainly. Like, you know what's funny is, so I have a background probably,
0: if I was to relate, probably more hardware stuff than anything, and I went into software seven years ago and that has helped me tremendously. And the reason why it helped me was because my software testing that I did at the very beginning of my career was on phones and what did working in hardware do? It helped me become accustomed to adapting to things quickly and learning product quickly. So I was able to learn phones, learn their quirks, and then figure out the things that were having issues because of the phone versus what was the software.
1: Yeah. And I think so it transfers
0: me, into servers and other systems like that, too.
1: Well, for me, I having the software background and having that networking background helped me, even when I was managing a kitchen in a restaurant, because it helped me know how to have these tricks and ideas and how to actually look at the software we were using for separate things and fix it without having to pay additional money. Yeah. You know, it's well, helping me. It helps me now because it's like networking and server maintenance is like my primary job at the moment.
0: Yeah. And one thing for anybody who's listening to this and wishing they can get into IT, really the only thing that IT is, is thinking outside of the box. And why do I say this? Because you're just trying to problem solve. And most problem solving is not inside the box, unless you literally forgot a step, which happens quite often yes
1: it really so,
0: it, so it for those new it people i know you're going to feel flustered but just remember this happens to everyone when you forget a step it happens quite often and i space out quite often even when i'm focused and even doing something i knew the steps like i wrote them out you'll 99 percent of the time 98 percent of the time because there are some people who are just that meticulous but 98% of the time when you write something down that you literally just did for the next time that you do it, you forgot a step and you just don't know it because you think it's so insignificant or you think it's something that you'll remember.
1: Exactly. IT is one of those jobs, again, personally, just my opinion, that's up there with engineering and just in the sheer amount of mistakes you can make and not realize you're making it. Until you go to run Until it. Until then... you go to run it and you go to see if it's working, <laughs> and then you have to disassemble and work backwards. One of my best friends' dad has been in software for going on 40 years now. 40 d he... four. 4-0. Four I just I wanted to make
0: sure I heard you correctly because it
1: sounded <laughs> like you said 4. Forty? No, four. Four zero. He's in his sixties. He's just about to retire. But even him, after all of these years in the in that business, after working with software for that long and watching it grow and change and everything, he still makes simple mistakes that he made back when he started out. Semicolons, mainly. Exactly. <laughs> Always a semicolon, semicolon or a bracket. I've forgotten brackets when I've when I've been working on it. And and
0: you only forget them because you're like, aha, the solution. And then you
1: forget that
0: one ending line or that one ending semicolon or that one tab. If you're working in Python, that one space.
1: Yep, yep. And then you're sitting there and you have to read this entire 18 pages of code looking for one place that you missed it. Yes.
0: Or 18 files, depending on if you
1: refactored already. Oh, God but it happens so i I always encourage people if you like if that's what you want to do if you if you want to do that if you go for it just don't worry about getting flustered it happens it happens to everybody after two hours get up
0: get (laughs) up and walk around for at least five minutes it's for your sanity not for not for anything else just your sanity
1: yeah yeah no that's exactly what it is also, if, if you're going to be staring at a computer for long periods of time, look away for a few minutes every, every 30, forty-five, thirty, forty-five I mean, minutes. There's
0: some I mean, actual recommended time that you're supposed to look. Yeah.
1: <laughs> there are there are people that'll have like the glasses so they can look at it longer, because it's the blue light is one of the things yeah, that's no, fuck yeah. that fucks it up. But yeah. It's I the same thing watched, if you're going to game... For you have not design. watched my stream recently, otherwise
0: you know I have those. I've already made fun of your glasses. Yeah, they're super big on my face. Some people <laughs> like them and some people just think that they're ridiculous.
1: I actually want to get a pair at some point because I want to, like, just to help my, like, keep my eyesight, but, like... I actually...
0: I think, so, Gunner glasses have, like, a uh, magnification of 0. .02, I believe, on all their lenses, and, I mean, it's just the natural lens curve i think or something like that and i i think that's like my prescription or very close to my prescription because as soon as i put them on i can actually like focus and find things a lot quicker and
1: see i don't i don't actually have a like a glass a prescription for glasses the only reason why
0: i know like so my prescription is very little like i'm near perfect on one eye besides the cataract right so right it's like I don't really need them, but I need them because it helps keep my eye, um, what is it, focused.
1: Otherwise, it starts to
0: jitter and I don't even notice.
1: Yeah. I just want to get them because it's like blue light is very damaging for your eyesight. And when I stare at a computer 12 to 14 hours a day between work and gaming and streaming... And then try to figure out why you have a hard time going to sleep at night. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So... That that's that's the biggest reason I want to get gla- like there's the gaming glasses like that. I'll I'll have to look up uh, what you call them gutter glasses. It's G U N A R. Yeah, I'll look them. I'll have to look them up. That's like
0: the the original lifestyle brand. I'll say that. Right. Because they're the <laughs> okay. ones that were like the first ones to get into Best Buy and. You know, I actually drove about an hour and a half to two hours to go get my very first pair because my Best Buy didn't have them and I was having really bad eyesight. So I was like, or not eyesight. I was getting headaches from staring at the screen for too long. Going from screen to phone, screen to phone. Like, so that's when I first started. And that's the only reason why I ended up getting glasses. And then my dog chewed them. (laughs) And I don't even know how he got them because it was so high up that he shouldn't have been able to get them dogs man oh no he's just a, he he was a tall dog he was a mix between a german
1: shepherd and a standard poodle so
0: oh that's very tall. huge yeah very well, tall
1: my, so, one of my great uncles uh trains and uh has irish wolfhounds Yeah, those things are huge, too. Those (laughs) things are beefier than Jeremy Shepherds by far. I used to, when I was, like, little three or four, when we would go up and visit him, I used to ride his dogs like a horse. They were that big. I mean, I did that to
0: a blue tick greyhound, which technically shouldn't have been done. But... (laughs) All right, well, thank you, Shammy, for stopping in. Do you have any questions for the wonderful podcast people who are very unconventional?
1: Uh no, not really. Um I I would like to know like how anybody who's listening if you play Dungeons and Dragons like what your uh, how actually how long how would you get started? I always like to hear how people got started. So message so me. Message like
0: him. You can find him in the Unconventional Geek Discord uh which is also linked on our website at unconventionalgeek.am. <laughs> And if you want to follow Shammy, I'll let him plug that right here.
1: So uh, you can follow me on any platforms, Twitch and Twitter. Uh, you uh, As Wren. Um, you can uh, definitely, if you, the best way to get a hold of me would be Twitter and all that. You can find me in the Foxfire Discord. And uh, if you go to my Twitch, you can find the links to my personal Discord, which is also where I tend to be quite often.
0: And thank you guys for stopping in. You guys can follow us on Instagram. We don't have a Twitter yet. Instagram. You should Not get on follow- that. <laughs> it's hard because the handle is too long. So, Uncon um, geek. Yeah. Um, follow us on Instagram, Facebook. Follow us on whatever preferred platform you're listening to us on. Also on Anchor, you can respond to us with your voice. So they actually have this thing where you can respond recording a voice message and I can hear them and include them into episodes or even like do a bonus feature where Shami and I get back together and we answer the questions or listen to them and respond to them. kind of
1: That's amazing. amazing. Yeah, I know. I I know.
0: And uh, if you want to come chat with us, you can find us at the unconventional geek discord as well. Thank you guys for tuning in and stay unconventional.